0: So you stole all my thunder. No. I got, sorry. I, got that. State. I got Montana State on here. I got Weber State represented. I got Eastern Washington represented. I'm putting it out there right now. The Bears win or tie for the
1: conference this year. We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're
2: bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here
1: comes the silver and gold. Whoa, whoa, this is Tubbs at the Club for the Vandals of Idaho.
3: What's going on, Big Sky football fans? We had the schedule released today. I know that's what everybody, big news, right? Who cares about the presidential election? We've got the Big Sky football spring conference schedule release. So we brought in some of the greatest minds around the Big Sky. Uh, we've got Kyler Neal of the Eagles Power Hour podcast. We've got Aaron Rath. Uh, yeah, it's good, good. Uh, we got Aaron <laughs> Rath from the – did it end up be calling the Clawcast, or what did you yeah, end yeah, up? The Clawcast is what it is. The Clawcast, there we go. we got Mike Nugent of the Grizz Fan Pod, part of the Montana, Sport, Montana Mint Podcast yeah. Network. Uh, and we've got Alex Chapman from Weber State Weekly. So, and, uh, this is your uh, inaugural visit on here, uh, Alex. How are you? That's right.
2: We're happy to be here. Love representing Weber State. Love the big sky.
3: Let's go. There we go. So, um, kind of just want to get into this with all you guys. Oh, and obviously, I'm Chris Hammond from Tubbs of the Club Podcast. Um, anybody, like Kyler, we'll start with you. What were kind of your initial thoughts when the uh, the schedule released today? Any, any Initial surprises or anything like that, or and how they kind of went about the schedule making process.
4: Uh, first off, I, I just gotta say I was super pumped to see the schedule come out today, and even better yet, I was so glad that I my prediction was wrong. Um, I was posting sorry, pretty are, much everywhere. Is that for thinking, me
2: That's My bad,
3: fellas. No, no, you're good. You're good <laughs> for Kyle. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I thought
4: really they were gonna go more regional, and I kind of posted that everywhere. I was like. They're going to stick with the North because of COVID, you know, travel restrictions. They're going to put pretty much every Northern team in a bracket, every Southern team in a bracket. Um, and that's really who you're going to play. And then your rivals twice. I am so glad I was wrong because the Northern bracket would be, you know, pretty tough. We can be honest. Um, so looking at the schedule, I'm, I'm really happy, man. I, I can't complain. Uh, I love the Eastern schedule. I love a lot of the games that we're still going to get to see through the big gut.
3: Yeah, Aaron, what are your initial thoughts and takeaways?
0: Well, for me, I'm as I looked at it, I was kind of happy because I get to knock out the last Big Sky Stadium or dome that I've never been to, and uh, I get to <laughs> knock it off and check it off of the list this year. But, you know, I, I thought that it was interesting how they included two bye weeks in there. Um, instead of having seven games or allowing a non-conference game, they threw two bye weeks in there just for, for uh, rescheduling purposes. I, I think it's kind of smart if you look at all the rescheduling that's been going on currently, and with everything else that's going on. But the one thing that jumped out to me is, I kind of thought that it would be wise with Sacramento State stepping aside and not playing, and you have you have the right amount of teams. I, I thought it would have been a wise to create two divisions. At the end, you play you play five games. You then you play a one v one through a six versus six, and you've got your six games, and you walk away with a true champion in a year when you have less teams going to, to the postseason, And I mean, let's face it, the big sky, I mean, when was the last time the big sky had true outright winner in a back-to-back year? It's been a long time, right? We always have, well, we're going to split. We're going to split. We three-way split. So I just think that this with only six games, I think it, there's a really good chance that we have co-champions with two, maybe three teams.
3: Yeah. Mike, uh, what were your kind of initial takeaways and thoughts from the the schedule release?
1: Well, first I, you know, want to give props to big sky for releasing the schedule better than major league baseball released the gold glove awards last (laughs) night, you know, like there was nothing else going on. So, you know, it continues to be a good sign for big sky media. Um, you know, honestly, the first, the biggest thing that jumped out to me is, is Cat Grizz not being the last game of the season. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, if we get spring football this year, then, you know, we just all have to to deal with it, you know? And so I think that that's, um, I think that's my biggest takeaway. You know, I, I I thought that he did a good job of kind of trying to beat the weather, if you will, um, whenever possible, take advantage of the domes earlier in the season. I mean, that, montana eastern game in in week two might be a little chilly but i guess i'm glad it's in washington and not montana um but you know i I, i'm excited i actually i'm more excited than i thought i would be so i i hope it all works out
3: yeah and then chappy last up uh what what kind of your initial thoughts on the uh schedule release
2: Hey, I'm gonna apologize real quick because I actually couldn't hear Mike or Kyler, and so if I'm a bit redundant, I certainly don't mean to. Um, my my initial thoughts, uh, my initial thoughts. I really wanted to see if the Big Sky was gonna stick with, or at least somewhat similar to, uh, the original schedule that came out, or if they were just gonna throw everything a bag, shake it up, and then you know draw names out of a hat or whatever. And it looks like, at least for Weber State, they stayed at least somewhat similar to the original schedule, and so that was. That was one thing that I was really looking at. And I also agreed with Aaron. I I kind of wanted to see divisions. The only issue that I thought about divisions is that I didn't know how you were going to, how you were going to, how can I say, equally share the talent, I guess. It looks like one division was going to be stacked, at least from a geographical standpoint. If you're going (laughs) to split it geographically, one division was going to be stacked and the other division not so much. So I still think it would have been fun. It would have given the chance to have a championship game, which I think would have been awesome. It could have potentially done a lot of good for the conference uh, from a playoff standpoint. But um, overall, uh, I I think the schedule looks good. I think it's interesting. I think that having a group bye week in week four and then stacking the rivalry games right after that leads for the possibilities for a lot of narratives that – maybe we haven't seen or just having that one week that's just stacked with narratives all the way across the conference. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what happens.
3: Yeah. um, I guess my quick take on this is uh, they kind of adopted a little bit of what, for those of you that didn't see, I posted kind of a, how I would do it on the FCS fans nation um, where I said like, have a bye week after each week that way, because we're going to, we've noticed there's going to be rescheduling that has to happen. And so I was big on having that week. So I do like to see that they gave you two weeks, that being March 20th, technically week four, and April 17th being technically week, would that be seven, eight, eight week eight. So I'd like to see that. It gives you basically two mess-ups to where you could move um, if it's early in the season. Obviously, if it's later, you only have one, but um, at least it's giving you a little bit of time. And then I think they did a better job than I did of keeping it geographical. They did do the rivalry week, which I agree uh, it is big and I think going to be a lot of fun. Um, but it is going to be interesting, because I just wrote, like, what is big, I did a prediction on what big s- root sports might cover this week, and that March 27th is tough, like, originally, you know, Greedy, Kyler, and I, like, I see Idaho versus Eastern, I'm like, boom, that's the game, and then you go, oh, well, no, Cat Grizz, like, dang, <laughs> and then it, you see Southern Utah, Weber, so, like, you've got the rivalries that week, but then none of it really matters, because it's Cat it's Grizz, which we'll we'll get a little bit more to here in a second, but, Man, a, a week, week four, technically week five, Cat Grizz is, is going to be interesting. Um, some comments we got. Casey Everett of NAU and Big Sky Sports. Overall, he's happy with the schedule. Uh, I imagine that's because NAU has, eh, I, I wouldn't say, the toughest schedule. Um, and then Justin Bert, Bertram. Rivaler games midseason equal healthier rosters for said games. That's true. No no, no uh, Troy Anderson missing or something like that late season. So. Uh, Especially we'll, coming we'll off a of bye week. Yeah, exactly. Coming off a of bye week. So that will be a lot of getting your best shot. So Idaho won't have Eastern minus, you know, what, six starters on defense or whatever we did last year to pull off that upset. But um, all right, this time I kind of want to start with Aaron. Easiest schedule in your mind, looking at all the teams, who do you kind of think had the has the easiest go at, um, at least teams? Maybe they don't win them all, but they at least got the easiest draw. You know, I, I,
0: I when I saw this, I, I looked through it, and you know, the, a lot of these teams have a couple tough games, but I thought Weber State had the easiest draw. I thought they got the easiest schedule. Really, the toughest opponent, obviously, on their schedule the, is Montana State. I mean, NAU has struggled a couple of years. We'll see how they do. Southern Utah, you just, you just never what know what you're going to get out of them. I mean, they could be the best team in the conference, or they could be the bottom feeders. Northern Colorado, new coach, quarterback with no starts. I mean, by the time we get there, we'll have a, a four-game starter for for the Bears. So I don't know what we're going to get out of the Bears. And, and UC Davis, you you just never know. So I think Weber State's got the easiest schedule.
3: Yeah. Uh, Mike, you, you stand by that, or you think somebody else might have have an easy go at it?
1: you know i i, I mean I, I would go with weaver but i just think that we have no idea what the wild cards are going to be in a spring yeah. season who's opting out for the season who's New not you know what team is going to have random COVID problems and isn't going to be able to play i mean I, I think that you can look at it on paper but i honestly would be surprised if the season's a complete crapshoot and somebody who isn't even in the initial conversation manages to win it. You know, I mean, six games is a short thing. A lot can happen. No preseason, no pre-conference games to, to get warm. So, I don't
3: know. Yeah. Chappie, who, who who'd you got? You think – oh, I think we might have lost him there. Well, I'll, I'll give my take if he, if he plugs back in. Um, so, I did a little bit of math here, and I took the Big Sky preseason rankings, and I kind of chopped them down into – uh, you know, ranking. So you're playing somebody their number one. So you're going like golf score. Low score equals easiest. High score equals toughest. I have Weber State. Uh, they got a 49 on on my tallying, um, which is significantly higher than I have. I think the ties for second toughest at 45 are Southern Utah and Idaho. That might be wrong. I might have to recheck that. But um, as far as easiest, but maybe it is. So I, I think you look at it, and Weber by far has the easiest schedule. Going into the year, they're viewed the number one team, uh, which obviously helps because they can't play the number one team and making them have the easiest schedule. But uh, I, I think it's pretty night cut and dry that Weber has the easiest schedule. And then if you're not even factoring in the fact of home versus away, your toughest game is Montana State, and, and it's home. It's in Ogden. So uh, I, I don't know how you could argue Weber State um, not having the easiest schedule. But Chappie – do you think Weaver's got the easiest schedule, or do you think somebody else?
2: So, I'll I'll tell you right now. We haven't had the pleasure before, Chris. But I'm I'm just AC Chappie's a different guy. Ah, and Chappie's kind of he's kind of the big name on the podcast. Uh-huh. So, See, I am honored. honored to be mistaken for Chappie.
3: Well, I there love we go. Him. Well, no, we'll so, get it right. You know, Chappie's no, not I'll here, go. so you're number one in our hearts now.
2: You know what? Uh, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. I'm happy to be here. But hey, so uh, I'll tell you real quick. I, I do think Weber State has the easiest schedule. Um, I think we had an easy schedule before the COVID stuff. I mean, when everything was released before, I thought we really had two really tough games with Montana State and Eastern Washington. And now we don't have Eastern Washington. And so I think Weber State does have the easiest schedule. Um, I think that the fan base has pretty mixed reactions on it because there's a fairly common sentiment in Ogden that this very well might be the most talented Weber state team ever. And I feel like we're not really going to get the chance to see them tested to their fullest capabilities, which is somewhat disappointing. But then on the flip side, Weber state really wants to make a deep playoff run this year. Right. And so they're kind of set up in a way that they, They really have some potential to do some serious damage in the regular season, get a really good seed for the playoffs. And so I think it's a little bit of a mixed reaction, but I do definitely think that Weber
3: State has the easiest schedule. Yeah. I mean, so I I think that was around the table. I didn't miss it, right? Everybody went, Weber State easiest. Uh, Oh, Kyler? Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. We haven't gone with you. That's right. Sorry. So
4: first off, the whole state of Utah has a pretty easy schedule, but- I don't think Weaver's is actually the easiest. I'm going to go with Southern Utah. And it's not just to be different from you guys. You know, looking at their schedule, Weaver's toughest game is Montana State. Southern Utah is just Weaver, and I think Weaver's a slightly better team. But Southern Utah is a rival to Weaver. They get up, you know, normally teams get up more for their rivals. I think that could be, it's definitely not an easy game for Southern Utah, but I think that could be easier for a Southern Utah than maybe Weaver versus Montana State. And then you look at the second best team on their schedules. You could probably say UC Davis is the second strongest team on Weavers. Maybe for Southern Utah, it's Idaho. Do you think UC Davis is better than Idaho? Do you think Idaho is better than UC Davis? Um, I don't know. I, I think there is a toss-up between the two, but I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Southern Utah. It just sucks because Southern Utah isn't near the you know of the quality team of Weavers. So Weavers going to make their schedule look a lot easier than Southern Utah's. But if you're looking in the grand scheme of things. Which, which schedule would I personally want as an Eastern fan? I'd probably rather have Southern Utah. I think it's slightly easier um, as a whole.
3: You you missed one major thing with the Southern Utah, and that's that they have to play Weaver State.
4: No, I, I said that, but I said it's a rivalry game, and some teams can play well versus their rivals, rivals. I mean, Portland State for a long time was, you know, they had the winning record versus Eastern Washington. Even when Eastern was a better team most years, you play a little bit better versus your rivals than you do other teams. So I, I was thinking that Montana State versus Weaver is a wash compared to you know Weaver versus Southern Utah.
2: And then I looked down
4: the rest of the schedule and out man, I just think overall Southern Utah might be a little easier, but they're gonna have a way worse record than Weaver because Weaver's way better.
3: Yeah. And like I said, I had the southern Utah tied with Idaho for second easiest. So you, I don't think you're far off there. Um toughest schedules. Uh let's start with uh Mike on this. Who who do you think's got the toughest road? Um to a big sky championship.
0: Um,
3: You know, hmm.
1: I mean, I still, I'm going to stick by my, I think that it's so wide open. You know, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I, I didn't do any analysis or ranking like that. front. I just, I mean, I, I think I honestly think they did a pretty good job all in all. I mean, I think that Montana's got Eastern Washington and Montana State on their schedule, and I think that that's, um, you know, those are those are definitely two of the better teams. Um, I saw one of the Idaho fans predicting that Idaho was going to beat Montana this year, so I guess that's going to be a hard game too. Um, uh, you know, we'll see. I I don't know. I'm going to pass. I want to hear what everybody else has to say. <laughs>
3: To be fair, I was an Idaho fan, and I said I could see us beating Eastern or Montana, and then losing to someone like Portland State or Northern Colorado. Yeah. Saying I think we might be able to beat one of the rivals, but You're, we won't beat both.
1: You are almost getting as bad as the Eastern Washington basketball bullcrap.
3: So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, AC, uh, who do you think got the? You got the easiest with Weber? Who's got the toughest?
2: I think the toughest to me hands down is Montana State. Um, I think Montana State, I mean, starting off UC Davis, which UC Davis, I mean, they didn't have a killer year last year, but they did spend the majority of the season as a ranked team, right? So they Mm -hmm. do have, I think that they have a sneaky amount of talent. I don't think that they're going to be like a top three or top four team this year, but I do think that they're sneaky good. Uh, And then you follow that up, going to Ogden to face Weber State, which maybe I'm biased, I'm definitely biased, but I think Weber State is the best team in the conference, and so Those two games right off the bat. And then you've got the bye week where the big sky dangled the carrot and we've got the the rivalry. So they got Montana, but they follow up Montana with Eastern Washington. And I think that that two-game set right there, Montana, Eastern Washington, I think that's the toughest two-game set in the whole conference this year. So for me, where you've got – you're facing who I think are three of the top four teams in the conference. To me, it was clearly Montana State with the toughest schedule.
3: Yeah, uh, I'll kind of echo what you said. I think Montana State, when you look at it, it's tough. They're playing the number one-ranked team, the number two-ranked team, the number four-ranked team, and the number five-ranked team. Obviously, uh, they can't play number three because they are number three. So then you look, but they have the bottom dwellers there at 11 and 12, being Idaho State and Northern Colorado. So you have a little bit of of some – we'll call them easier games at the end. And Kyler, I'm excited that you're actually going after me on this. Cause we've already had a little bit of a discussion here. According to my math. So Montana state has a 34 being second lowest Eastern Washington 32, which I told you, I thought they had the toughest schedule and you disagreed with me strongly. You look at them. They don't play any of the double digit teams in, in the media ranking. They play number six, number two, number five, number seven, number three, and number nine. I also think you're looking at away at UC Davis you seem to think it's going to be an easy game. I think that one's going to be a little bit tougher. You're home against Montana. We saw how Montana handled you last year. We'll see it's different without Snead. Portland State, like you said, rivalry games can be weird. I assume you guys would win that one. You have us at home in Idaho. I'm imagining revenge game. I'm not sure that one's going to be very close. Um, In your favor, not ours. Uh, Then you're away at Montana State, and then you're home against Cal Poly, which is the Bo Baldwin return game. So, you never know with Bo, Bo Baldwin being back, so I think you have a really sneaky tough schedule, and my math actually broke out to back it. So I'm excited about that. But you disagree with me strongly, and you think your schedule is what, towards one of the easier ones.
4: No, I, I wouldn't say our schedule's towards one of the easier. I think they're towards you know one of the top. But I think Montana State's across the board is tougher. I'm sure they played you know what is ranked as two of the bottom teams in the conference right now, but I don't consider Eastern Washington. Right now, a middle of the road or bottom tier team. So, when I'm looking at is it that big of a difference for me playing the ninth ranked team or the 10th, I'm going to expect Eastern Washington to beat those. But I think the top tier teams are the ones that I would fear. Um, and I think looking at Montana State's schedule, uh, you know, playing us, that's not going to be easy. We, we've, you know, pretty much handled Montana State for most of you know the last 20 years. We do pretty well against them stylistically. Grizz, that's never an easy game, um, even on their down years. Which their down years were better than most programs' great years. That's not an easy game. Then you have Weaver, who is arguably, I know AC just said, I'm being biased or whatever. AC, you're not biased. Weaver's won the last three years. Uh, you guys can talk. Play it
2: with fast. your chest.
4: Let's yeah. go. You guys can talk your smack till you're defeated. Uh, so looking at the schedule, I think Montana State is way easier. I mean, way tougher than um, everyone else, but Eastern definitely has a top three schedule. I just, when we were talking earlier, um, you know, you were saying worst case scenario one and five. Um, I don't see. It. I think Eastern Washington beats, you know, UC Davis. I think they beat Cal Poly. Um, I think worst case scenario is probably four and two. Best case is six and zero. Most likely five and one. We'll see. We'll probably split. Maybe the Montana schools. Uh, but yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule on paper, but like like Mike said, it's a big sky. Anything can happen. We don't know who the sleepers are. But on paper, Montana
3: State just looks like the toughest. Yeah, and to be fair, so Eastern fans don't throw me a bunch of hate. I did also say you could probably go six and zero. So one and five sounds yeah, bad. You, but you I also, I also did it. say you, you could go undefeated. <laughs> <game. laughs> uh, Aaron, what do you think? Toughest schedule? Uh,
0: who do you got? Well, just because everybody else said Montana State, I'm not going to. I do oh, believe I said Eastern. Oh, you did say Eastern, but. I I do believe Montana State and Eastern have tough schedules, but I want to throw a little bit of twist in my talk about the toughest schedule, new coach. And I'm not talking Northern Colorado. I'm talking (laughs) Cal Poly. I think Cal Poly, when you look at their schedule, they got the Grizz and Eastern Washington. They've got uh, Southern Utah to start off. Like I said earlier, you just never know what you're going to get out of Southern Utah. You got um, UC Davis right there, Northern Arizona. And, if you, if you look at their schedule, they got a new coach. Who knows what kind of talent they have to run the new offense, right? They're changing the whole offensive style. Um, less time to work it in. And if you read Dan Satter's uh, tweet chain he had earlier, they're trying to bus everybody. If you look at Cal Poly's schedule, Southern Utah is a bus ride. UC Davis is a bus ride. Montana is a bus ride. Northern Arizona, they'll probably fly there. Portland, state's a bus ride. Eastern Washington is a bus ride. I would say they have five out of their six games. They're hopping on buses instead of planes to get to those games. And whether you think it's different or not, that's a that puts a toll on your body, wears you out. Riding a bus for eight hours is is a long trip. I think Cal Poly's schedule is tougher. is a tough schedule because of many other things other than the teams that they're playing.
4: Okay. Bus riding to Montana?
2: Ooh, that's brutal. There,
3: yeah, that's – I was going to say that's uh, – if they're taking – I mean, I, I assume Cal Poly has the money, but like you said, it might not be a money thing this year. But, yeah, I'm not – man, I don't even want to be on a bus ride to Pocatello. We flew to Pocatello uh, in 2017, so or 18. So uh, <laughs> that'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, so let's kind of go. I'm gonna want to get more in team, in depth here. Um, ending with Mike. So let's start with Kyler again, or we'll start with AC actually. AC Weber State. Roll us through kind of your thoughts on the schedule, where you think maybe your toughest games are, and maybe like your initial thoughts on worst case, best case, and your probable outcome with the schedule.
2: So toughest game, is, I think it's week two, Montana State at home, um, and I think Weber State's fortunate to have that game at home. Uh, they, they usually don't do too too well when we have to travel up to Montana. So, uh, having Montana state at home week two, I think is the toughest game. I think the, the sleeper game is probably SUU because we have to go down to Cedar city this year. Uh, SUU, I think it's kind of an interesting rivalry, uh, no shade, like I, I just think SUU hates Weber State more than Weber State hates SUU, so I think that they get up for this game a little bit more than we do. It's coming off the bye week. I think that that's kind of a trap game for us. So, I mean, looking at the schedule, I think worst case, absolute worst case scenario, four and two, and one of those losses being Montana State, and the other one just being some fluke loss along the way. Someone gets hurt. I don't know, but four and two, I think is worst case scenario. Best case scenario, six and oh, um, I, I think that this team has everything they need to make a deep run into the playoffs. I think that this schedule is incredibly favorable. Uh, so I, I just, I don't see Weber state having too much trouble. I'm going to knock on wood real quick, but I don't see Weber state having too much trouble with this schedule outside of Montana state.
3: Yeah. And my kind of thought on all this too, for as far as Idaho goes, Um, Northern Colorado at home. I would like to think since I called the trap game last year, I'd like to think we don't fall for it again this year. But completely new coach, new system, no tape. It feels like a trap game again. Uh, so I'd like to think that one could be one of those games we slip up. Idaho State, I don't see us losing to them in the future here. I think they got us in 2018 when we first came in. I don't see it happening frequently. I'd say maybe once every five years. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, then we're back home against Portland State. Embarrassing game last year on the road. I don't think we lose to them again this year. Uh, Eastern Washington. We're at Eastern Washington. This is where it's tricky because it goes against what I said. I'm not sure how we win that game. I didn't think we'd win last year, so I guess maybe bet against me. Um, but I think the way that we won that game, I don't think Eastern's going to be happy about it. We're back on the red turf probably with no or limited fans. So it's not like it's a huge home field advantage. Um, we're, that's actually a bus game. We'll bus over in the morning. Uh, Montana, I just don't think we're quite pulling close enough to bring this Stein back this year. Well, I think as CJ Jordan, our new quarterback matures, that's something we can look at two to three years down the line. Um, I'm not sure they'll pull it off this year. But then again, I don't know if I see us losing both those rivalry games, but on paper I see us losing them both. Uh, and then Southern Utah, I just, we have, I don't think we've ever lost one. So I, I think we win that. Worst case, obviously, because we don't know what Idaho is this year, two and four. Uh, honestly, best case, probably five and one. Most likely you're looking at three and three, four and two. Uh, I would like to lean more optimistic on the four and two side because I've heard good about our quarterbacks. But um, like we said, for all I know, Idaho State becomes the sack state of last year, the UC Davis of the year before, and they're that team that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, great, I thought we dodged them by having, you know, one of the worst teams in the conference or northern Colorado. So uh, we have those teams that see prime to be those dark horse candidates that all of a sudden we're like, oh, great, we thought this was easy, and now they're, you know, challenging Weber for first place in the league. So, um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at on Idaho schedule. Kyler, how about Eastern?
4: Yeah, so before I talk about our schedule, I just got a message from a North Dakota State fan, Brian Thompson, who said, you know, the whole big sky over Eastern Washington, he wanted me to share that with all of you guys. He <laughs> thinks we're going to be absolute trash, but it is what it is. Um, to talk about our schedule, I, I can't, can't speak you – know, I'm, I'm as happy as I could be with, with this limited schedule. We play all the teams that I personally as a fan care about. Um, you know, I, I'd rather play Weaver over um, – <coughs> Oh sorry about that. I need a beer. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather play Weaver State over, you know, UC Davis, but it's nice to, it's nice to go down to California if you get an opportunity to. But um, so we open at Portland State. It's it's kinda like what Weaver you know, AC was saying. Portland State probably cares about Eastern more than Eastern cares about Portland State. But in, in terms of proximity, historic rivalry for the last thirty years, they have been one of our rivals. It's an awesome name, the Dan Dam Cup. We're gonna probably play at I think the MLS stadium, I don't, you know, maybe Hillsboro High. I don't know for sure. Um, I, at least I haven't seen anything that's out there. But it, it all depends on what event's already planned in these two stadiums. Spring's kind of weird. I, I feel confident in that game. Then we play Montana. Montana's never a give-me game. Um, good thing is they're coming to, to the Inferno. They've never won. Like you said, we may not have very many fans, so it's not a huge home field advantage. But until they beat us, I'm going to feel somewhat confident um, playing them at home. Then, you know, we go to UC Davis. I'm not sold. They weren't that good last year, even though they did probably play the toughest schedule in all of the FCS, you know, North Dakota State, um, all of the top Big Sky teams. So maybe they're a little better than what I personally think they were. But I'm not scared to go to UC Davis when they lost some of their talent. They lost their quarterback. They kind of have to start from scratch. And Eastern's kind of one of the only teams in the Big Sky returning all of that talent.
2: So that makes me
4: a little more confident when you're going into these matchups. And then, you know, we play Idaho. It's beginning to be a great little rivalry already again. You know, we smoked you guys and you guys kind of embarrassed us this last year. That's what you need to build a rivalry. Um, you guys are coming to us. I think there probably will be a little revenge on a lot of our players' minds. So I'm confident we probably win that game, but who knows? It is kind of a rivalry. Montana State is tough. Um, especially at Montana State. That's probably a toss up game. I think, I think stylistically we match up well with them, but. That's not a gimme win. It's not, they're, they're probably going to be ranked higher than us um, by the time that game's played. So who knows? I think stylistically, we do play well versus Montana State, and we have historically. We'll see what happens. And then you have probably the game i you know, it's my underrated game, one of them that I'm most excited for. Bo, Bo, you know, Bo Baldwin returns to Eastern Washington. He's the guy who basically built this program um, to be what it is the last 10, 15 years. It, it is the Bo Baldwin show. And um, it'll be interesting to see him come back to Eastern Washington during our homecoming game. Um, if we can't have fans most of the year, my guess is we'll do something or we'll line up the outside. Uh, because you can see from the hill of the game, there's going to be quite a bit of, I guess, pressure um, just to be. But that's a game I'm really excited for. Overall, I'm really pumped to see the schedule because it's all the teams I really did care about playing in a six game format outside. You know, I'd rather have Weaver over some. But. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited.
3: Yeah, It's funny. I had uh, on that Big Sky or the Root Sports article, Lehigh Football Nation Twitter or something like that, like, added me. And they brought up Weber State. They're like, oh, of course. It's all Montana, Montana State on the Root, your Root sport. And I was like, one, that's kind of the way it is. But he's like, no Weber State love. Or, you know, and I was like, fair enough. And I was like, go through the list and tell me what week you would pick a Weber State game over one of the other games going. And uh, he brought up, you know, April 10th against UC Davis. And I was like, you're going to play that over um, Eastern Washington versus Cal Poly with Bo Baldwin coming back? I would agree any other year, yeah. But this is Baldwin's return to Cheney. Like, that's probably the game they would pick. But um, Aaron, Northern Colorado, Ed McCaffrey, inaugural season. Uh, Who knows, Dylan McCaffrey possibly on his way. Or Max, no, Dylan. Dylan McCaffrey possibly on his way in the fall. Who knows? But uh, what do you see from Northern Colorado's schedule?
0: So you stole all my thunder. Ah, No. I got Montana State on here. I got Weber State represented. I got Eastern Washington represented. I'm putting it out there right now. The Bears win or tie for the conference this year. They got a new coach, no tape. Right now, if you look at their quarterback room, no experience. However, comma. I do believe, and I have a dang good source, that there will be a third McCaffrey on the sideline besides the head coach and Max, the receiver coach, uh, putting on a different color blue and gold this year. And if that's the case, I think this Bears team becomes really tough. True Wilson, a transfer in from Michigan, Has been spectacular in fall ball. The receiving core that they brought in, Jihad Marks, we all recognize that name, right? Uh, They got an outstanding receiving core. I think this Bears team surprises a lot of people. And if you haven't looked at their roster, they have 13 transfers that Ed McCaffrey brought in, seven of those from FBS schools. Big players. So I think they're good. So as far as the schedule goes, I think we go into Idaho and and we show the world what the Bears are all about. We're gonna stomp them, come out of there with a big victory. Southern Utah at home, you know, I think I think the Bears are gonna take care of business there. Probably the toughest game of the season for the Bears, I think, is gonna be on the road, obviously at Montana State. I think that becomes the Bears. Only lost this season to Montana State, and then they sweep the rest of the way. We take care of Idaho State at home. We go into over to Weber, uh, ride the bus over the hill, surprise them, come back home with a victory, and then uh, finish out with a W against Northern Arizona. I think best case for the Bears were five and one, worst case, I'm smoking something that's legal in Colorado, and we we caught do and we're one and five or two and four.
2: But I I that was spicy hot. Huh? That think, was the weaver. I was like, I need I some water. When you I were
3: saying they're... like our toughest game is Montana State, and I'm like going, all right, well, whoa, they got Weaver there. <laughs> I don't know about that take, but you're confident. The bus ride over the hills and McCaffrey, the gang.
0: Hey, I I see the Bears as the sleeper team that you talked about. No tape. I think the Bears offense is gonna be phenomenal. The defense has played. And practiced well and added some big time players. And you, you probably saw one of the players if you watched uh, College Game Day. His brother was the feature back or the feature for uh, the College Game Day thing on Michigan. Comite Coffee, his brother transferred from New Mexico, came to Northern Arizona or Northern Colorado as a uh, as a grad transfer. So the Bears were the sleeper team.
3: I, I like that pick. Uh, one thing that helps the Bears is they don't have the Grizz on the schedule. Mike,
0: doesn't hurt Montana.
3: The you know kind of the the stalwart here of the Big Sky. Um, inter- I w- we're gonna definitely have you touch on something here at the end on Mon- like Montana State, Montana. So don't spend too much time on that. But the rest of the schedule. What's your thoughts? Best case, worst case.
1: You know, I think they, I don't think it's unreasonable to say they go five and one. Um, I'm not sure if I want to give the one loss at Eastern or against Montana State yet. Um, I think they'll just have one. But you know, I mean, yeah, they they lose Sneed, and that's a big deal. But um, a lot of the rest of their offense is back. Is back. Their line O line is going to be going to be better than it was last year. Um, the defense, you talked about transfers at at Northern Colorado and the defense has, you know, three transfers in the secondary. I mean, the pass defense can't get worse. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that looking at five and one, maybe four and two, and I don't know that four and two gets it, gets it done, but I know we're going to talk about that later. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um. So then I am curious, Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, Brawl of the Wild, week five, or week, yeah, week game five, three. after a bye week, fourth game of the year, you got two after it. I mean, what's your thoughts? Do you wish the Big Sky would have found a way to make this happen April 10th? Are you okay with it? Do you like it? Oh,
1: I absolutely do. I mean, it's like it's it's such a buildup to end of the season – I mean, just the way it works out, although it's going to be weird this year because if we can't really have fans, I mean, it kind of becomes just another game as far as the schedule goes. Um, Not that it's not they're going to be hyped up to play each other, but it's not going to be the same. And it's going to be it's a real bummer to miss out on that because then in the fall, it's back at MSU. um, And I'd like to think by the fall, we're going to be able to have fans. I don't know. Um, so I, you know, I think if, if anything, I'm just more bummed about that, that, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: U- UM's turn to host falls in this and, you know, it is what it is.
3: True. Um, and then uh, Aaron, we got a quick question while we're on the rivalry take here, uh, from friends, uh, NAU, big sky ports, Casey Everett question for Aaron since Southern Utah is leaving that's rumored, not confirmed. Uh, should Northern Colorado and NAU play for a trophy once they leave? I don't know. Is, is that is that your rival? Is is your big rival NAU? Or who is Northern – because I know you're, you're protected Montana State. Protected and- Montana State. I, yeah. I would say Northern
0: Arizona is probably the the bigger rivalry. I like that the two two teams sitting up in the up in the mountains. Let's yeah, let's build a mountain sculpture and let's let's yeah, let's have a cool Northern sculpture. Peak I'm, I'm, something like that. I'm down with it. Yeah, that's right. I'm down yeah. with it. Let's
4: do it.
3: Yeah. You guys can have a
4: Game of Thrones, you know, sword, you know, Battle of the North or something like that. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
3: Yeah. Um, All right. So let's start with Kyler here. Uh, Conference champs, we've talked easiest schedule, hardest schedule. We've talked our schedules. Many would think that probably other than maybe Montana State, the favorites are on this podcast or this episode with Montana Eastern and um, Weber State. Who, who you got? Uh, it's going to be a weird season. Do the, does the conference champ even go 6-0? and Are we going to have just disaster at five? a bunch of 5-1 and one splits?
4: It's going to be a weird season because this is one of those seasons where you also don't know. Someone can, your best player, he can get COVID. He could be out a couple of weeks. Uh, this is going to be some crazy weird season that none of us are prepped for. Looking at the schedule, of course, you would be like Weaver State is most likely going to be conference champs. But like Aaron said in the beginning, my guess is you'll have multiple, you'll have multiple, you know, conference champions this year. Um, I, I would think probably it's going to be a, a team that is five and 5-1. Everyone probably is going to have some type of loss. They'll slip up. Or like I said, some of their players might be injured. Uh but looking at the schedule, I mean it's safe to assume Weaver State should be the conference champion. Will they? That's a that's another topic. But it's safe to assume if I had to bet money on any team and any schedule right now, I would say Weaver State has the easiest road to the championship, and they are probably the best team in conference. Um they should be the conference champion.
0: Aaron? Well, I would agree with you most years, but I think that uh, that Week Six game against Northern Colorado knocks them out, gives them their second loss of the season, and UNC finished five and one. Weaver State finishes four and two, and uh, this will be their first year in in a couple years sitting aside. <laughs> AC, I'm, I'm rolling the train. We're going. You are.
3: You are. What is Ed McCaffrey pouring down there? The good stuff. I see. <laughs>
0: Hey, he's got some good mustard. He's spicing it up up
3: here. <laughs> uh, AC. All right.
2: You know, I came on this podcast. I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to be biased. I'm just going to go on and just be real with these people. Listen up. I'm putting my purple glasses on right now. We're running the table. We're taking the conference chip back to back to back to back. Give me that fourth ring because we're taking it this year. I think that this year is the most. Talented team Weber State's ever had. I think the biggest question marks were on offense. Right, Kyler? Yep. There we go. Yeah, (laughs) Kyler and I have (laughs) talked about it a little bit. But I think the biggest question marks we had were on offense with the offensive coordinator and quarterback situation. We've got who many people think is an improved quarterback in Randall Johnson. And we have a new offensive coordinator as well. Someone that knows Weber State who coached as offensive coordinator at Weber State before. And he's been on the staff recently with Matt Hammer. I just i I think Weber State's a buzz saw this year. I really do, and I think that I think that we get at least a share of the conference crown.
3: So I was going to be my guess. So you, you or my nest asked you dodge Eastern, you dodge Montana. Is there a shared title? Does one of those two run the table?
2: <sighs> I think that if it's shared, I. You know, I'll, I'll be real. Maybe I'm wrong here. I think that Eastern Washington has probably the best quarterback in the conference, and if I've got two teams that are fairly even, otherwise I'm going to go with a team that has a better quarterback. If it's shared, I'm going to say Eastern Washington shares it.
3: Mr. Nugent, uh, who do you got? Uh, the Grizz, are they back? Is this the year they reclaim the top?
1: Uh, no, Weaver's going to win it. Short season, easier schedule. I, mean, I, I, I would be very surprised if Weber doesn't
3: win. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite on the, uh, this is the year the bears go on a run um, and, and win it all. And I think this, when the original season came out, this really set up for to be Montana state's year. In my opinion, this six game thing totally barfed on them. Like, I don't see Montana State possibly even getting an at-large out of this, um, so I, I I agree Weber, which I'm very nervous about because last year everybody was saying the same thing about Eastern Washington. They got set up with the easy schedule, they had the most talented king, team coming back, and then they don't make the playoffs. So I am I'm, I'm worried to go the full sweep on Weber, but it just weird season. The talent, the defense. Um, I agree. I think Randall's a way better quarterback than Constantine. Um, anytime you can get a Boise State guy to not be your quarterback, Montana looking at you, Cam Humphreys, uh, you probably got a shot to win. So that that's kind of my thoughts on this. Um, at, at large bids, Kyler, it's 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 tight, it's razor thin this year for at large bids. A lot think that you know the CAA, Missouri Valley, and um, Big Sky are probably each going to get one, maybe. What's your thoughts? You follow this stuff a little bit closer than the rest of us. So
4: once, once the Big Sky said they were going to six games, I thought that hurt the Big Sky's chances to really get multiple at larges. Um, if it was a normal eight game schedule, ten game schedule, like a lot of the countries playing, I think the Big Sky has, you know, four of the top ten teams easily in, in the com- country, possibly more. And in fact, they left um, so. Dude, with only five at-larges, because now another conference champion is the MIAC, They're going to be playing in the playoffs.
3: Five at-larges,
4: only six games. You could have potentially a lot of four and two teams. You can have potentially a lot of five and one teams. How many teams are going to get, you know, uh, get one of those five at-larges? My guess is the Missouri Valley will get one to two minimum. Um, well, two maximum, one minimum. They probably have three of the top five teams in the country. I think their strength of schedule is going to be pretty gnarly compared to a lot of us besides Montana State. I mean, we, we might be looking at one of these games where if Weber State is a conference champion at 5-1 and one, and maybe, you know, a couple other teams are 5-1, Weber State won't have the strength of schedule to be one of those at-large teams unless somehow they get the auto bid just because the CAA, most of them are going to play 10 games. The Ohio Valley, JSU, they, they beat a really bad FBS team but they could run table or even if they lose one game in the OVC, the female, let's say they're they're at large, they could be 10 and two. Are you going to take a five and one big sky team, four and two big sky team over a 10 and two um, OVC team who has an FBS win? I don't think you are. I don't think the committee does. Even if you think that big sky team is better, six games is tough. I would say we're going to have probably one at large. Um, If you're asking me who it's going to be, I think it's going to be between Montana and Eastern most likely. Um, And then, you know, Weaver, whoever, whichever one of those three teams wins the, the conference championship, they get in. The other two, they're probably good playoff teams. They're probably teams that could be in the quarterfinals. One of them is going to be sitting home, and I think it's going to be between Montana or Eastern.
0: Aaron, hey, I'm going to have to agree. I think the only way the big, in my opinion, the only way the Big Sky gets more than one team in is if the conference champion is six and zero. And and there's multiple five and one teams. I, I just don't see if if there's a stack of five, three five and one teams, and all these other conferences out there have have more games played. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of big sky teams left at home. I really think that at best. At very, very best, the big sky gets two teams in, and that second team is going to be one of those bubble, one of those as they look at it, it'll be the last in teams. It's not going to be an easy thing for the big sky to squeeze two teams in. Now, maybe they get lucky and they have two six and oh co champions, and you know, and then they get two easy teams, but I don't see that happening. I see two teams maybe, but I think more than likely, unfortunately for big sky fans unless, you know, it's just an all-out brawl and, you know, all the teams and all these other conferences that we expect to win and do good. And Trey Lance leaving, leaving makes North Dakota state, you know, a big bum team. And all of a sudden they go over. I I don't see the, the big sky getting more than one.
2: AC. I think the big sky gets two. I think the champ gets in. Um, So in, in my hypothetical here, I'm, Under the assumption that Weber State is going to be the champ, and then I think that there's three teams that have the talent to be a a, a playoff team. I think Montana State, excuse me, Montana State, Montana, Eastern Washington, all have the talent to get in the playoffs. The problem I see specifically for Montana State is the back-to-back Montana, Eastern Washington. I think it's too much. I think they slip up at least once. So, all due respect to Montana State, I don't see it happening this year. Um, And then I think that essentially, I mean, the winner of the Eastern Washington, Montana game in week two, I I would think slides into the second spot as an at large. I think it's a shame because I think the big sky has so much, so many talented football players and teams that really, I would like to see more big sky teams in, but just with the funky year with a weird schedule, I don't see us getting more than two teams in. And I think it's a shame.
3: Mike.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with the take that we may be lucky to get two. I mean, we, if we get two, it'll probably be more reputation and some weird trying to be fair to the big conferences.
3: Because,
1: um, I mean, I don't know, like you look, especially the, the few that are playing more than us. I mean, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. I think it's just going to be a weird year, and we're just going to be happy to play spring football um, and it really is weird because it doesn't really count on anyone's eligibility. So, I mean, the whole thing is – it's like a glorified spring uh, season where we get to play each other.
3: That's funny. That was, that was going to be my take. I, I was going to be like, the good news is whatever we think now, we we're talking like they have a tough schedule now. Oh, I'd like to see more of this. This is all just a prelude to fall <laughs> 2022 or 2021. Like this is going to be a full season with basically the same supporting cast maybe Eric Berry leaves if he just kills it this six games and gets some draft stock, but I don't see it. I think he'd benefit from coming back again in the fall. I think you're basically going to see the entire big sky turn back over and basically fall 2021. will have a real season, which makes this really feel like is this person really a champ? But I, I think we are going to get to the champion and at large, just because I think just like we saw in the draft, how the SCS did not do well in the NFL draft this year. I think that the benefit of being from a big name conference and having some big name teams is going to benefit you. I think it does not matter if Kennesaw State does not win uh, the Big South and they lose, and Monmouth wins it again. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't care if they're 11 and one. I don't know how you turn away a five and one Montana, a five and one Eastern if Weber State wins the conference. You're now at this point, the playoffs is going to be based off of. I know what they're about. Alabama players got drafted this year um, when there would have been FCS players because they're an Alabama player and people knew what to expect. And I think that's what you're going to see with the selection committee is, you know, I know Kennesaw State's maybe a bad example because they've had some recent success, but like maybe a team out of the OVC or something like that. I think it's going to be a lot of name brand recognition. They're going to be like, we need a second team from the big sky. Our options are Montana and Eastern. Those are obvious choices over you know uh, abilene christian or something you know it, so that's where i think the big sky's going to benefit but um that that's basically all i have f- f- had for the show outline unless anybody else has any other like going away takes they want to add to the schedule otherwise we can uh roll through in a circle and let everyone know how they can find you and call it a night no one okay kyler start them <laughs> off how can they find you
4: yeah, you can find us, you know, the Eagles Power Hour, I think, on Twitter. It's Eagles Hour. Uh, we talk, you know, Eastern Washington stuff. Um, but then my personal one is, what is it, Kyler EPH? Uh, Kyler Eagles Power Hour? Yeah, you find me. Chat with me. Talk crap to me. I, I approve.
0: Uh, Aaron? yeah I'm with you. you can talk crap to me too I mean I even though my team has been struggling the last couple of years, I think we're there this year but uh, yeah I'm Aaron Rath underscore UNC my podcast is podcast. Okay. you can find it on pretty much every one of the uh, the uh, media outlets out there even though I only have a couple episodes. I should start picking things back up now that we actually have some stuff to talk about. so uh, that's how you can find me yeah Mike
1: um best way probably at grizzfanpod on twitter Um, um you know i'm mike m nugent on twitter though i would wait another week unless you want to be bombarded with politics i promise i'll go back to sports at some point um and uh for those of you who listen to us make sure to subscribe we actually moved our podcast to its own channel um, Chris Fan Pod as opposed to being released with the Montana Mitt Sports. Um, just because two podcasts on one one stream was a little bit weird. So, um, make sure and uh, subscribe to that wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: See, now I'm glad we did that because I did not know that. So, I've been waiting yeah,
1: well, we for it. I mean, we oh. we kind of took the fall off.
3: Ah, okay, good. Well, to see it, perfect timing. Now people know. Uh, I'm Chris. You can find me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond, obviously part of. Tubs of the Club, which is the official, unofficial podcast of the Idaho Vandals. Um, Also, I hope Kyler now is a new admin for FCS Fans Nation, so you can contact me there if you want to hang out with a bunch of the FCS crowd. But, yeah, we're all part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. You notice we left somebody off. Uh, AC and Weber State Weekly is not, like, officially part of it, but um, maybe soon. (laughs) We're we're working towards maybe – it it makes a lot of sense. Um, But we want to have them on because you can't have – the representing champs, not on a conversation about how this season is going to go. So, AC, um, you're not Chappy. We learned that during this episode, but who are you? How can the people find Correct. you? And then, uh, yeah.
2: So, I am AC. I work with Chappie and I talk with Chappie frequently. And he's a good friend of mine. You can find us, Weber State Weekly, at Weber State Weekly on Twitter and Instagram. We have a a growing Instagram following. Twitter's probably the easiest place right now. You can also email us at uh, weberstateweekly at gmail.com. And then you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. You can go to our website, weberstateweekly.com. We're on Stitcher as well. Find us wherever. We're doing our very best, working hard to put out weekly content sometimes even more often than that and hopefully sometime in the near future i believe our trial is up november 11th we can join the (laughs) big sky podcast network we would love to be a part of it
3: yep yeah i was gonna say it it is voting season if nobody cares about any other vote right now it's whether we allow weber state weekly to join the big sky podcast network coming (laughs) soon you guys will find out
1: for a recount.
3: That's all I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I'm suing. <laughs> we have <All> right. lawyers. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, thanks for uh, joining uh, the solid crew. Uh, hopefully, everybody that listens, you'll be hearing from all of us soon as basketball is around the corner and football, as we know now, is going to be starting February 27th. So... Uh, it'll be here before we know it, and then we'll roll right into a fall season. So, no better time than now. You'll follow the Big Sky Podcast Network at Big Sky Podcast, and we'll see you guys all next time.